And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Um, I have a ton to get to today. I'll try to get to all of it. Going to break down the uh, the ridiculous clown car that was the four-hour-long marathon CNN town hall with a bunch of uh, Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, I'll try to get to all of the news coming out of that and then whatever else comes up as always you know me um in a minute i'll be joined by my friend greg price from lone conservative always a good time talking to greg first guys follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod tweet at us we always tweet back and if you haven't already subscribe on itunes soundcloud or google play if you're on itunes i'd really appreciate it if you would take literally two seconds and give us a five-star rating and a good review that really helps us out all right i'll be back in just a second with greg price all right guys i'm here with my friend greg price from lone conservative greg thanks for taking the time brother good to be back brady anytime anytime so i must have got super drunk uh monday night and passed out because i have the craziest dream where a whole bunch of Democrats who are running to be president of the united states went on live tv and said that the boston marathon bomber should be able to vote so that's a thing that happened in 2019. Greg, your thoughts? I don't know. I don't even know where to begin on that. Like, <laughs> um, like I see, I it's pretty established in like the the Anglo legal tradition that if you are convicted of a crime, you lose some of your your freedoms or some of your privileges as a citizen to whatever country you belong to. And I and I I I tend to believe in that in that in that precedent where if you're convicted of a crime you should lose your freedom which includes your right to vote especially for people who are convicted terrorists but democratic party 2019 boston marathon bomber should vote crazy man crazy it was it was incredible stuff and bernie sanders was the first one to say this kamala harris agreed with him um i believe it was chris cuomo from cnn asking the questions and Chris Cuomo was horrified. <laughs> he was terrified. And he was trying to bail out Bernie Sanders. Saying, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. But not all felons. Like, not, like, specifically the Boston Marathon bomber, right? And he's like, nope, nope, nope. Boston Marathon bomber should vote. I mean, and Chris Cuomo's standing there like, oh, oh, my, oh, my goodness. Like, help, help. Somebody help me. If you lose Chris Cuomo, man, you are not in the mainstream. Yeah, seriously, the same thing happened with Don Lemon when he asked Kamala Harris the question. He kind of did a double take on it too. And when you lose those two guys, you know that your your position is just wildly out there. Like I see, like I see the argument for you know people who have been released from prison have paid their debt to society. I see the argument for restoring their right to vote. But these people are going so far as to, to saying the Boston Marathon bomber should vote. Like, okay, <laughs> should Dil, should Dylan Roof be able to vote too? Should like it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Right. I mean the Unabomber. I mean yeah, yeah. These, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I I agree with with the left that uh that ex felons should be able to vote. I think anybody that paid their debt to society should should have their all of their rights restored. Um and I mean I'll go 
10 steps further, <laughs> and I, I've stated my position on this before, but I mean, I believe that most things that are illegal in this country shouldn't be illegal. I think you should only go to prison for crimes of aggression, breaking essentially the non-aggression principle, right? Like, I don't think any kind of drug offenses should be illegal. I don't think, hell, man, I don't even think stuff like insider trading should be illegal. I mean, they all do it anyway. I mean, you know, like, I don't care. If, unless you're bringing violence or aggression or threatening violence or aggression on somebody, I don't think you should go to jail in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, letting con- violent felons and terrorists vote is it's just... Uh, who, who the hell thinks this is a winning strategy? Like, I, I cannot believe that the, the Sanders and Harris teams think this is going to win them votes in Ohio. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I think it's indicative of where the Democratic Party has gone the last few years and will continue to go. Because for the for the last, like, I'd say five years or so, the only Democratic politician that has ever had any consistent positions on any issues is Bernie Sanders. Like all of these people like Tulsi Gabbard, like Hillary Clinton, even they all supported traditional marriage until five minutes ago. People like Cory Booker and people like Elizabeth Warren were supporting charter schools until five minutes ago. But Bernie has always been a socialist. He's always always stood for 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 socialism democratic socialism whatever you want to call it and because of this people have resonated to him and he's succeeded in pulling the democratic base so far to the left um but in doing so they've neglected the middle of the country which is why it'll be interesting to see how this primary shakes out how democrat how sort of blue dog democrats in iowa and in ohio and in pennsylvania how how they choose to vote because all of these Democrats in the race are being pulled to the left by the Bernie Sanders wing. Elizabeth Warren came out the other day and released her ridiculous plan to cancel student loan debt. She, now she, she's taking positions even further to the left than Bernie Sanders. And, Pete, and even Pete Buttigieg hasn't even given that many concrete positions on, on any issues. So it'll be interesting to see the positions that these people take in this race, especially people who have uh, marketed themselves as centrists in the past few years, like Amy Klobuchar and like Joe Biden. Um, and so I think I think the whole talk of Boston Marathon bombers being able to vote is just indicative of how far the Sand how how the Sanders wing has pulled the Democratic Party so far to the left. Yeah, Jim Garrity from National Review tweeted on Tuesday morning. Uh, <laughs> if you think you're having a bad morning, imagine being the guy in charge of Boston Citizens for Bernie. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play in Massachusetts. It's, it's, it seems like a, a tough one for for old Bernie Sanders. Um, I want to yeah. get to uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, student debt cancellation program or whatever. I know you're writing a piece on it right now, so I do want I want to touch on that in a few minutes. But first, I want to get back to the the CNN town hall for anybody who missed it. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I think it was they each had an hour or something. It felt like they each had four hours. I mean, my, my eyes were and ears were just burning uh, by the end of that. It was absolute torture. You know, I, I do it for, for you people so you don't have to watch. Um, people like Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar really needed to make a statement to keep themselves relevant. They're both like Klobuchar is polling at like 3%, Warren at like 6%. Neither one of them did. Um, and and the, the quote-unquote frontrunners in the race, Harris, Bernie, uh, Buttigieg, they could have really distanced themselves from the pack by putting on a good performance. They didn't either. I mean, like all of them did horribly. Are you surprised that not one of these candidates were able to kind of set themselves apart or, or stand out of the pack? Like they were all equally terrible from where I'm sitting. No, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think the problem right now is that it's just 
very early in the race. And I think very few people were watching this this town hall. On, well, it was on, on C- it was on CNN, so it's guaranteed yeah. that not there many people were watching this. Yeah, but it, it, but when it's early in a presidential race, you, you, these candidates aren't going to take concrete po- like positions on any various issues because their goal is just to get to to raise money. The goal is to get media attention, and the goal is to build a momentum for your campaign. And when you start taking positions on things, you you re- you're going to receive flack from either the progressive base or from the middle and, and from the middle. So that's why I don't. That's why I think most of these candidates were just dodging around uh, these questions. Like the one that comes to mind is when Elizabeth Warren was asked about social security insolvency, and her only answer was basically, um, "That's a problem that we should definitely look at." She didn't give an answer of what she's going to do. So that's why I think right. Now the focus is just raising money and getting media attention and just building your campaign. And when you take action, when you are, and you're not forced to actually take positions on issues until we start getting into the debates. Um, so that's why I think well, that was just the, the, the mess that you saw on CNN the other night is just because of how early it is. I think the, the polls that will actually give us an indication of how the election will turn out will come after the first debate when all these candidates are actually on stage actually being forced to take a position instead of just dodging around it well they i mean I, they might just keep dodging i mean they they didn't really say anything that disagreed with each other it was one big socialism is great fest um none of them really well to pete Buttigieg's credit he did say no he doesn't want terrorists voting so i guess that's that's one <laughs> way he disagreed with the, the pack but the fact that cnn put him in front of a, a home field crowd a hometown crowd, right? And asked them a bunch of softball questions and they still couldn't hack it. This field is just weak, man. Like, I, I just, I, the whole time I was picturing Trump up there next to any of these five candidates and he would eviscerate any of them. This field, this Democratic field is extraordinarily weak. I mean, there's, what, 21, 22 declared candidates right now. Biden's going to get in, uh, supposedly tomorrow, he's going to announce that he's in the race as well. And, and people are comparing it to the GOP field in 2016, and that was a bloated field. There was way too many GOP candidates in 2016. But they were all, like, formidable candidates, like, even the ones that I didn't like. I mean, like, John Kasich was a popular two-term governor who was, in Congress, was the uh, the chair of the House Budget Committee and, and balanced the budget, right? And Jeb Bush, popular two-term governor. Scott Walker, two-term governor. You know, Rand Paul, like, a, a libertarian popular senator. And Ted Cruz, you know, a... a you know, not popular, but an accomplished, you know, constitutional scholar and, and senator. And, you know, you have Ben Carson, like the most successful neurosurgeon in American medical history. You know, like you don't have to like these guys, but they were a bunch of serious people with serious ideas. The Democratic field is just not like I'm not seeing any kind of intellectual depth here. Um, like you said, none of them are even willing. Probably you're right. It's too early in the race for them to take concrete positions, I guess. But it's just intellectually speaking, this seems like a very, very weak field generally. Yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely right, and I, 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 that's why I've said uh, all the time. That's why I think Bernie Sanders is is the front runner at this point because he's really the only Democrat, the only Democratic candidate that actually stands for something. He's and has always consistently stood for something. He's a socialist. He's always he's always stood for that. Um as opposed to all these other candidates who have taken every p- position on every issue and don't typically stand for something. That's why I think he, he is the front runner. 
and and it'll be interesting to see um, how these candidates try to measure up to Bernie Sanders because he has really been the guy that has pulled the Democratic Party in his position starting in 2016. Because unlike many Democratic candidates, going back to even Hillary Clinton, he's act he's somebody who's always consistently stood for something. What he stands for or is morally and practically rep reprehensible. But he's still, as opposed to any of these other candidates that are running, is that he's at, he actually has concrete positions that he's always taken throughout his entire career. But it's crazy that like a straight up socialist is now the thought leader in the Democratic Party. I think you're right that uh, Bernie has to be considered the front runner. Um, he's either polling one or two in, in all the national polls. It's either him or Joe Biden. Um, yeah, but the, yeah but with Joe Biden, though, I think the only reason he is polling so high is because he has name recognition. He was the vice president. Right. And his base is going to be the, the blue collar areas in uh, in in Michigan and in Ohio and in all these other places. But I think once once the race starts to heat up, Joe Biden's record is going to be scrutinized and he's going to be clocked by all of these more pe people running to his left because think about it joe biden is a guy who forcefully opposed bu uh, school busing in, in in the 1970s and in the 1980s he's a guy who who pushed through uh, the the crime bills in the 1990s when he was a senator he he's a guy who, who's also just a total gaff machine like you think about all the weird moments he's had with women the fact that when his first two campaigns for president were total failures. Uh, when you combine his his more centrist, right leaning record with the fact that he's just he's just a guy who does weird things and says weird things all the time, he's going to be clocked by all of these people running to his left. And that's why I think Biden is going to drop out of this race so hard. I don't think I think he's, his poll numbers are going to go down once he starts actually hitting the trail. So that's why I'm saying that's why I think Bernie. Is he's my pick right now to win the nomination? I would agree. If I had to bet on it, um, I would probably agree. I, I obviously the the hard left will use Biden's past against him. And you're right, he he did run for president twice, and it, hilariously in 1988 he had to drop out early for plagiarizing a whole bunch of JFK speeches. <laughs> <laughs> so he is he's horrible at running for president. Um, but you're right, he is a gaff machine. I think it won't be his record that hits him over the head it'll be himself i'm <laughs> saying and doing weird creepy stuff that that like, will sink his candidacy i what about yeah, this? In your throat. i i agree with you in theory that that bernie at least right now has to be the front runner what about a couple scenarios that i hadn't even thought of until watching this shit show on cnn because bernie performs so poorly i mean he he absolutely embarrassed himself for an hour on live television as did the rest of the candidates what I could see, all right, how about a couple long shot scenarios? You know, late summer, into the fall, campaign season's really heating up. Biden's still hanging around, but he's 10 points down on Bernie, and Bernie says so much crazy shit that it's perfectly and painfully clear he could never beat Trump in the general. You know, Obama just jumps in and says, hey, I endorse Joe Biden. Or, an even more long shot, what if Bernie's the clear frontrunner, no one else can... can you know, hold two thoughts together to save their lives. Nobody can outperform on, on a debate stage, and Hillary Clinton just jumps in and takes the nomination. I mean, that's a pretty wild scenario. <laughs> but either one of those things, honest to God, at this point, seeing how bad the rest of the candidates are and seeing a front runner as terrible as Bernie Sanders, I mean, I'm not saying either one of those scenarios are likely, but I could see it, man. I, I, I could see it. 
<laughs> I mean, I think the especially the progressive base, but mo- I think most Democrats at this point are sick and tired of Hillary Clinton. And uh, I, I don't know. That's that's. I think I think I'll I'll do I'll do your bet that you made with me on Buttigieg. If Hillary jumps in <laughs> late and gets the and gets the Democratic now, what would you bet me? Like five million dollars. I, I bet you five point seven billion dollars. I forget because it was one of the one of the Democrats wanted something that would cost five point seven billion or something. Yeah. Or no, no, it was the no. Trump got five point seven billion for the wall. So I, oh, okay. I bet you, I bet you five point seven billion that Pete wouldn't be the the nominee. <laughs> I'll take that same bet with you on Hill on, on your on your scenario right there. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Yeah, each, each either one's probably just as unlikely. Yeah. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. But, uh, but, but, I think looking... overall though, it's just I think it's just. I think it's just too early to tell at this point. I think, like, I think once once we start seeing who shines on the debate stage and who who gets their fundraising apparatus moving after that, I think that'll give us a pretty better look at who is going to come away with the nomination. Because at, at this point, who, who the hell knows? Like, Donald Trump became the Republican nominee in 2016. So who who the hell knows who could emerge from the pack at this point? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, you were you were looking pretty good with your Pete Buttigieg uh, prediction a month ago or so. He seems to, I don't know if he's peaked yet. He might pick up a couple more percentage points in the poll in the polls. But he uh, he was doing really well coming out. And he he's not a moderate. He's a very radical guy. Uh, but he's at least intelligent and he's well spoken. So he was coming off well. And obviously he's gay, so that helps him with uh, Democratic voters. But I think he's really fucked up going after Mike Pence. They had the weird beef he has, the one-sided beef he has with Mike Pence. I think made him look like a a petty little child, you know. And um, obviously hasn't really been able to articulate any solid position. So, uh, do you think his the the whole bump he got the last month or two is kind of gonna fizzle out, or do you think he actually has a chance? I don't know. I mean, I think he he the reason that he has gained in the polls is because. He's a very smart guy. He went to Harvard. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Um, and he's gay, obviously, so he fits with the intersectional uh, with the intersectional base of the Democratic Party. And he's also just a very well-spoken guy. And he's got a personality that people that people like. Like he's got a person like him and his husband. His husband's Twitter is hilarious. They both have personalities that you just can't hate. And that's why he's gained so much media attention is because because of those two factors. He's a smart, well-spoken guy and he's gay. Um, but you're right. He hasn't, he, he hasn't taken that many positions on any, that many issues at this point. Um, he's taken a position on late term abortion and he's taken sort of a kind of a position on Medicare for all. Um, but it, 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 that's why it, it just goes back to what I've been saying. It'll be, we'll have to see what happens on, on the debate stage when we get to the debates and we'll have to see what happens when Pete Buttigieg is forced to take a position on things like the Green New Deal and when he's forced to take positions um, like on college tuition and things of that nature. Um, so I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see um, if he can continue this momentum he's had once he's forced to actually uh, – def- when he's forced to actually take a position on a lot of the key issues that are, that are going to define the Democratic primary. Um, right. I don't know. I think – so we'll, we'll see. I, I think he still has – I think he has a chance – just just because of the type of person that he is um but who knows who knows at this point if he can if he can his path to victory is 
he he has to dig into the progressive base that supports uh, Bernie Sanders because he'll he he's from the Midwest. He was a Midwest mayor, so he's he he'll be able to cut into that base. the The question will be whether he can cut into the to the progressive intersectional base that it's that right now are supporting candidates like Bernie and Kamala Harris. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I, I think one one very entertaining thing about uh, Pete Buttigieg um, hanging in there in the polls is watching Beto, Beto, Robert <laughs> Francis O'Rourke really flounder. Yeah. I think that is just because all Beto is is the straight Pete Buttigieg, or Pete Buttigieg is the the uh, the the gay Beto O'Rourke. I don't know which one's older, so I guess uh, I think Beto's older. So I guess yeah, Beto, uh, Beto's older. So technically, Pete, only thirty seconds. All right, so Buttigieg would be the gay Beto O'Rourke, technically. I think you have to go yeah. with the older man in that scenario. Uh, but that's really funny. Couldn't have happened to a better guy than yeah. Beto. Um, just really an empty <laughs> suit out there. And watching uh, Pete Buttigieg really just eat his lunch has been uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, Buttigieg is basically everything Beto wishes he was, because Buttigieg is someone who's actually worked for a lot of things in his life. Beto is a <laughs> guy who married a very rich woman. A billionaire family, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he married into it, married into wealth as opposed to Pete Buttigieg, who, you know, grew up grew up in the Midwest and is a Navy veteran and all these and speaks eight languages and all this, all this that and the other thing. So it's you're right. It's so funny to see Buttigieg just completely out Beto Beto. <laughs> it's just great. It, I, I love watching the the Democrats eat their own. Um, so I do want to get to uh, Elizabeth Warren's asinine. Uh, student debt proposal. I know you're writing a piece on it right now, so uh, take us through what this crazy bitch is proposing and why she's a crazy bitch for proposing it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's you're right. It's it's very insane. It's a plan to use a wealth tax to um, completely wipe out the 1.5 trillion in student loan debt that Americans um, currently have. And not only is this just a crazy thing to do because Debt is something these people willingly put themselves into, even if they were, even if they didn't know what they were doing at the time. But it's also crazy because her plan, according to um, a research that was done by the Urban Institute, shows that it's going to benefit the top 25 percent of American households because they're the ones who hold over half of all student debt. Their analysis showed that for every five dollars given to rich Americans, every for, for every $5 given to them to pay off their loans, only $1 will go to the poorer families because the bottom 25% holds just a tenth of student loans. And so there's nothing progressive about it. It's essentially a giant wealth welfare program for the, for the, for the very, for the upper middle the class. Um, yeah. So it, it's just a stupid plan, but, but just even just, just a point on student loans in general, student loans are a scam. They're, they really are. Kevin Williamson wrote a really good piece in National Review about it a few days ago, and he said it's time to shut down the bank of Uncle Stupid. And he, he's, he's exactly right. The, re, the reason college is so expensive nowadays is because it's heavily subsidized, starting with the GI Bill after World War II. Demand went up, and when you have more money in the market, it incentivizes all these private colleges to raise their prices to exorbitant rates. Um, so the government is essentially subsidizing uncredited worthy teenagers to go into all this debt to, stu- to, to study t- things that aren't going to um, get, aren't, aren't going to give them a return on their investment. No private bank would ever give somebody you know $100,000 loan to major in political science. And the bottom line about college is unless you're majoring in something like a STEM major or you're majoring in like nursing or you're, you're, you have a plan to actually pursue a graduate degree, 
like like me, that's what I'm doing. I want to go to law school. Um, unless you're doing something like that, college is really only about the connections and the friends and the fun that you have there. Um, there there's nothing you're going to learn in college. Like me, like for me, I'm a, I was a political science and English double major, and I didn't really learn that much in college that I didn't already know about political science and, and English. The only reason that, that I completed an undergraduate degree is because I knew from the time I was a freshman that I wanted to go to law school. The bottom line is there, our education system is just built on preparing students for college, even though you don't need to go to college. Not everyone has to go to college these days. I think we need to start investing in apprenticeships. We need to start um, investing in tech schools. I know I have a lot of friends from, from when I was in high school who went to um, the local tech school and now they, they make a lot of money in whatever they're doing, whether they're mechanics or whether they're, whether they're working in, in any similar fields. The bottom line is the government needs to end this crazy thing where we're incentivizing young kids to, go, to take on all this debt to, to go to college and major in useless things. I think the government, the, Kevin Williamson gave a three-step plan in his, in his, in his piece to, for what they should do about student loans. Number one, stop giving them entirely. Two, prohibit educational lending by federally regulated financial institutions. And three, make student loan debt dischargeable in ordinary bankrupt procedures. I think we need to end this insane societal notion that you have to go to college. You don't. You're, you really don't. You're, you, you have to. I think our educational system needs to be designed to prepare students for the world and not prepare them for some useless higher education degree that isn't going to get them anywhere and is only going to get them thousands of dollars in debt. Like, it's ridiculous. $1.5 trillion is a huge number. That is an insane number of, of debt that we have, and it needs to Stop. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I 100% agree that not everybody needs to go to college and uh, other, you know, other paths should be incentivized. Um, and, and also, the government subsidizing loans is always bad. I mean, the government subsidizing these student loans uh, for people going to college to get useless degrees or degrees that don't generate much income down the road is the same thing we saw in the mortgage crisis when the government was subsidizing subprime mortgages, right? Like my, my wife and I bought a house a couple years ago. We both had immaculate credit scores and we could have, we were approved for twice as much as we got, we could have gotten a loan for twice as much as our house was worth if we really wanted to, because we were worthy candidates. The same thing, like if it went, you were going to college, if you say, hey, I want to be a, a poli-sci major, give me a loan for $100,000, you're a subprime candidate for that loan. You know, if you want to go to med school, if you want to go to law <laughs> school, you are a prime candidate. The gov- that's, a, that's a safe bet for these banks to give you a loan because you're going to be able to pay it back. It's the same thing with the subprime mortgage bubble uh, that we saw in 2007, 2008. I mean, it, is there, am I way off here? It seems very similar to me. No, you're 100% correct, and it's still as dumb of an idea as as the government subsidizing some prime subprime mortgages was. Um, <laughs> like, I, and like, like I said, you didn't go to college. You 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 made a lot of money from playing in your band, and I yeah, not that just, much money. I've not made we, that we, much money. I wouldn't I wouldn't say a lot. I would not. Okay, say but a lot. You're, you're still you're you're living you're you're living well. You are you you have a great life that you've built for yourself, and you didn't go to college. And I think not not everyone needs to. I think we need to, like I said, we need to stop this. We need to stop having an education system that is that says to kids you have to have to go to college. Like, think I think you need to. I think it needs to. It needs to change, and it needs to start by having the federal government stop subsidizing ridiculousness. And yeah, stop I, I, 
putting I, kids into, into backbreaking debt to get degrees that won't give them a return on their on their investment. Yeah, I like, wholeheartedly agree with you. And also, I honestly, I, this is look the reason why Democrats want everybody to go to college is because colleges are set up to indoctrinate kids to vote Democrat. <laughs> And that's just that's just the bottom line at this point. They know if you're if you go to college, if you go to these liberal arts universities, you're much more likely to vote Democrat than if you just go get a job or take an apprenticeship or something like that. I mean, that is that's a fact. The stats are very, very brutally clear that that is a fact. And that's why that's why Bernie Sanders wants everybody to go to college for free. That's why Elizabeth Warren wants to forgive all the college debt. They're, they want everybody in those institutions so they can be indoctrinated. I mean, that's the bottom line for these people. Yeah. And in addition to that, millennials are set to become the largest voting block in the 2020 election. So uh, another reason Elizabeth Warren is pushing this insane plan to spend to, to to cancel all this debt is so she can dip into that millennial vote. That's another thing, too. Yeah. And, you know, look, I it wouldn't be a no gimmicks podcast if I didn't do one ridiculous wonky rant at some point. But it, it's funny. The Democrats, they want everybody to go to college so they can be indoctrinated. They want to lower the voting age to 16. They want convicted felons and terrorists and rapists and pedophiles to vote. I want way less people voting, man. I I want way way less people voting, (laughs) Greg. I I think the voting age should be raised to 25. I mean, for the love of God, your prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed until you're 25 years old. So I think that would be like a, a nice age to let people vote. I mean, I, well, look, me personally, I only care about liberty. Like, I don't really give a shit about democracy. Like, I don't really value democracy that much. I, I, I could take it or leave it. I only care about liberty. If I could snap my fingers and make it law so only conservatives and libertarians could vote, I'd do it. Because I don't really care about democracy. I care about freedom. So, like, I don't really respect people that want to vote away my freedoms and stuff like that. So, it's like when, when everybody's talking about voting rights and we need more people vote. Get out the vote. I'm like, no, no, no. Less. Less people. No. Don't vote unless you know what you're talking about, unless you've researched every single position of every single candidate. Please don't go vote. Just stay home because you're a dumbass. You should not have the right to vote away my freedoms. So anyway, that's uh, that's always my gut reaction when the Democrats are, are pushing voter turnout and, and lowering the voting age or making sure everybody goes to college and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want any of these clowns voting. I don't care about democracy. I just care about my God-given freedoms. <laughs> so anyway, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry, I had to do a Brady Leonard rant. It, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't get at least one in. Yeah, you know, wouldn't be a Nicolas Cage movie without one of his meltdowns, too. <laughs> <laughs> at least I didn't yell the whole time, so so that's good. It, that's true. So anything true. else on your mind today, Greg, before I let you go? Uh, No, I think that's about it. We covered a lot. Thanks for yeah. having me on. Always good to be, always good to be on. Well, by the way, by the way, are you are you an Easter worshiper or a Passover worshiper? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I'm a, yeah, I grew up uh, I grew up Catholic, but my dad's side of the family is Jewish. So when I was a kid, I actually celebrated uh, a lot of the Jewish holidays. So you worship both Easter and Passover, according to well, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy that uh, it's yeah. That's just nuts that the left that the left can't acknowledge the fact that. Christians are, in fact, by world standards, the most persecuted <laughs> religious group in the world. They have to, you know, Hillary Clinton tweets after the Christchurch shooting, I stand with the Muslim community, as we all should have, after the Christchurch community, but can't bring herself to do it when t- three times the amount of Christians are slaughtered by Islamists. It is only April, and uh, I think it's safe to say that 2019 is going to get uh, way weirder. I think, I think we're just getting heated up, man. This is going to be a weird year. 
I can't even imagine how weird next year is going to be. A presidential election year? Oh my goodness! I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to survive. Uh yeah, we're we're going to need a lot of beer for that. Yep. I well, agree. We're, we're going to have to definitely pregame for some of these Democratic debates for sure. You know, I'm really considering live streaming some of these, where I'll just get like blasted first, and then I'll definitely have to invite you on for one of those. Just like a American yeah, live stream watching one of these debates or something like that, just hammered. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, count me in for sure. I'll be watching. It's going to be insanely entertaining, though. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's I mean, going to be man, a shit show. I have to do two of these be... a week, man. I can't complain about the content. I always, I've never struggled for content, so I guess yeah. keep it up. Keep it up, you guys. Yeah, they're always giving, <laughs> they're always giving you more for sure. So uh, where can everybody read your stuff? Where can everybody find you online and follow you and all of that good stuff? Yeah, just uh, Greg underscore Price11 on Twitter and GPrice1234 on Instagram and check out Lone Conservative. Check out everyone at Lone Conservative, not just me. Um, yeah, we're, we got some good stuff coming soon. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Thanks for having me on, Brady. Always Any, good to be here. Anytime, man. And everybody follow Greg. He's great. Everybody check out LoneConservative.com. It's a great site. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Um.